The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's News Podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and this show comes to you on Friday, September 10, two days away from the Giants' season opener against the Denver Broncos. Huge day today for the Giants as we await word on whether or not running back Saquon Barkley will play on Sunday against the Broncos. All signs seem to be trending in that direction. Also, we're waiting for official word on whether Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney will play. Looks unlikely, perhaps, that uh, that Evan Ingram or Adoree Jackson will play, but we'll have official word on that later on today. In the meantime, we have a a good show for you today, I hope. Have a couple of interesting things for you. Have part of a one-on-one interview that I did with Giants edge defender Quincy Roche, player that was a popular figure in the pre-draft process around Big Blue View, and a player who uh, the Giants claimed on waivers from the Pittsburgh Steelers on September 1st. There's a full interview with Quincy that you can read on BigBlueView.com that was posted on Friday morning as well, but we'll give you uh, a piece of the interview that I did with him uh, via phone on Thursday evening here coming up in, in just a minute. Also have Joe Rolls of SB Nation's Mile High Report to uh, talk about Sunday's Broncos Giants matchup. So the first thing we're going to do here is uh, play for you the interview that I did on Thursday with Quincy Roche. You get drafted by Pittsburgh. You know, you, you go through camp. You go through all of that with, with the Steelers. And you wind up not making that, not making it with the Steelers, and, and you wind up in in New York, New York, New Jersey with the Giants. Has it all been kind of a whirlwind for you? Um, I wouldn't say much of a whirlwind. I, I would just say, you know, uh, it's been a learning process. Um, you know, I'm a rookie, um, you know, coming into this business. That's kind of part of it. 
Um, sometimes um, being a late round pick, you get put in this situation. Um, and, you know, my job is to show up to work every day, be my best, um, and just keep getting better. And I think I've done a good, a good job of that. What have you uh, What have you learned about the Giants so far? Well, you know, it's still um, like an introduction process. You know, I've kind of got to learn quick, you know, try to learn a playbook. Um, I've gotten a build a relationship with the guys, the coaches. Um, you know, it's a great program here, a great organization, um, and I'm just thrilled to see what the future holds. You feel like, uh, you know, you said it's kind of a quick process for you. You feel like you've been able to learn enough and pick up enough uh, that, you know, if, if they call your number on Sunday, you'll be able to uh, to contribute? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't I don't really have a choice. You know, um, you know the, the train's kind of – I jumped on a moving train, Um so, you know, I, I, I got to kind of get with the program, um, you know, mature fast, learn fast. Um, but, you know, that's, that's just part of the job. You know, so I'm looking forward. I, I see it as a challenge and I'm looking forward to the challenge. I, I have to uh, I have to ask. I don't know if you heard this comment from from uh, Pat Graham, from your defensive coordinator. Uh, when he when he was asked about you, um, you know, after you first joined the Giants, he said he, he said, he said, the guy almost broke my hand when he shook my hand. <laughs> um, just, just uh, you know, your, your, your thoughts on that and, uh, and your thoughts on Coach Graham. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, I guess my father taught me well. <laughs> when it, when, really, when you know, Coach Graham is a guy, kind of a guy that you got to love. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's on, you know, detail oriented, um, and, you know, he's really been helping me through this process. Um, you know, so I, I just want to say kudos to him. Um, you know, I just can't wait to see what the future holds this year. Um, you know, and hopefully we can play some good ball. I have to ask, you know, going back to the draft process, um, I had talked to, uh, to Jim Nagy, senior bowl, you know, director, and, and I have to come clean because, I did a whole bunch of mock drafts for the Giants, you know, leading up to the draft. And I have to come clean because I'm really happy to see you with the Giants because just about every single time I did one of these, I had you I had you coming to the Giants. So, so you being a Giant makes me look smart. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, this is a good system, good defense for me. Um, you know, I'm getting to know it inside and out now. You know, as time goes on, I'll learn it even more. Um, so, you know, I think I can do some really good things here. Um, but, you know, I'm just trying to just find my role in the team, develop a relationship, come ready with the guys, um, know my job, do my job, and keep it on from there. I just want to ask you about a couple of the things that, that Jim Nagy said, you know, when I, when I talked to him about you after he had gotten a chance to watch you at the Senior Bowl. He said... Quincy's better than I thought he was. He said he's probably going to be a player who outperforms wherever he gets drafted, and he's just a producer. He's just a kid who, who you know, who makes plays. You, your, your thoughts on comments like that? Um, I think that's pretty accurate. I think that's a pretty accurate description. Um, I've never been a guy that uh, that pops out uh, when somebody looks from the eye test. Um, you know, I'm not the biggest, strongest, tallest, fastest, um, but, you know, I, I I know one thing I know how to do is get to the quarterback, um, you know, and I'm just going to try to, I just try to keep getting better from there. Um, I try to be who I am, um, be the best me I can be, um, and, you know, every day we'll just keep getting better from there. 
and I know I, I have to ask you, you know, about about the Tourette's and all that. I know that people ask you about it all the time, but just how how has that shaped, you know, who you are in the athletic career that 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 you're that you're uh, in the middle of right now? Definitely, um, I, I like to look at it as an advantage. Um, having to deal with those things and conquer those things at such a young age. Um, it kind of puts you at an advantage when you get older over people who may not have to deal with those issues. Um, so I kind of look at it as a blessing and an advantage that I was able to go through something like that. Um, and, you know, I kind of wear it with honor every day. You know, I, I look at it as a good thing, not a bad thing. Is there, I guess there's something to be said for dealing with adversity instead of just, you know, being, being the, the top dog and always having it easy. Um, you know, that helps you get to a point like this. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, you know, even from high school, you know, going to a 1A high school, you know, going to a smaller high school, being the only Division One player to come out of there, um, going to a school like Temple, um, then <laughs> going to a school like Miami. And that's kind of been the story of my life. You know, um, I'm, I'm never surprised when I'm the underdog. You know, I feel right at home. And, um, yeah, I'll just keep doing what I've been doing. So, you know, I'm... I'm excited to be here, though. You know, I'm happy that um, they took, it, they they gave me this opportunity. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not upset about, I'm not upset at Pittsburgh. Um, I'm appreciative that they saw something in me to want to draft me. Um, you know, I'm appreciative of the opportunity that, that they gave me, um, and this is just the business that I signed up for. And you know, I'm I'm also curious. I guess you're the youngest of of, of seven kids. I guess. I mean, you, is that another thing where you know you're going to be the youngest of of seven kids? I mean, you kind of have to learn to stick up for yourself and and, and fight for uh, fight for what you need. I would think, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You can only be, imagine being the youngest of seven. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of wedgies, <laughs> a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of getting picked on. My mother was at work, but you know that's that's uh, kind of what builds character. Oh, that, that, I'm just joking. I love my brothers and sisters, though. But um, that's kind of things that you know build character. I, um, as you get older, those are the things that I'm more thankful for now. That um, I wasn't a soft, a soft only child. No disrespect, God, only children. <laughs> that, 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 is, that is the quote of the day, though. A lot of wedgies. <laughs> you, I, I did have to say, you know, my condolences. I guess I, I also read that one of your brothers died a couple of years back. Yeah. And and I'm assuming that that is something that, that you keep in mind all the time as well. Yeah, always. Always. Um, you can never really forget um, one of the people who... who who inspired me to even stop playing this sport? Mm-hmm. Um, you can never really forget them. Um, you know, that's one of the people who like, a lot of you not. When I was younger, that's that's who I was playing for. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I really <laughs> you run around having fun. You know, all you want to do is just see make your big brothers proud, mm-hmm. um, and that was me. I'm curious. I saw that you have a degree in communication studies, and it's down the road for you, but. Just your story and talking to you kind of impresses me as a guy who kind of wants to have an impact on people, you know, maybe, you know, you know, as you go through your life. I'm curious if, if that's something that, that you think about is, you know, how you can help other people and, and maybe what you can do, you know, down the line to help people that, that maybe don't have it easy. Yeah, that's something I try to do every day when I wake up out of the bed, um, you know, give thanks to God. Um, and number two is 
positively affect someone else's life mm-hmm. um, in whatever way. Um, so, you know, that's kind of my, my mission, my daily mission. Um, and, you know, as I'm older, you know, as my career in football, you know, uh, comes to an end whenever that'll be. Um, you know, that, that even even while I'm playing football, uh, you know, I just love helping people. I love putting smiles on people, um, helping them get in better positions. Um, and that's definitely my passion. It's something that I'm looking forward to, to doing for the rest of my life. All right. Uh, I wanted to ask you, you were a single-digit guy at Temple. And I know that that's kind of a big deal, um, you know, to, to be given a single-digit, you know, number at, at Temple. Um, how much did that mean to you, and, and, and in the long run, maybe how much did that help you? It's one of the one of the best, uh, one of the biggest honors uh, of my career. Um, you know, it's something that I don't really take lightly. Um, it's something that not everybody gets the opportunity to do. Um, and even to this day, you know, I kind of wear that as a badge of honor. I'm um, a badge of pride, and you know, once you once you're a single digit, you're a single digit forever. Um, you got to act like it, live like it, um, because every, that's how everybody identifies you as a single digit. Mm-hmm. Oh man, you were a single digit at Temple, so you know if you don't live up to the expectations and you don't live up to 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 the requirements of being a single digit, then kind of look bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I just don't want to look bad, so you know, I I kind of wear that as a badge of honor. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Quincy Roche. I found him to be thoughtful, entertaining, a little bit, uh, a little bit funny, uh, but he was pretty honest with me uh, about a lot of things. Uh, so I hope that that you guys enjoyed that and, and learned a little bit about one of your uh, newest members of the New York Giants. All right, let's take a short break here for a word from our sponsors at SB Nation. When we come back, I'll be talking to Joe Rolls of SB Nation's Mile High Report about Sunday's Giants-Broncos matchup. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, Giants fans, as we look forward to Sunday's 
season opening matchup with the Denver Broncos. I am joined by Joe Rowles of SB Nation's Mile High Report, which covers the Broncos to uh, to to break down uh, Sunday's game. Joe, thank you very very much for uh, for hopping on. Yeah, no problem. I'm happy to happy to come on. So uh, I have to start with this. I did five questions this week with Lori, with uh, you know, with, with your with your boss, I suppose at, at, at uh, MHR, and uh, I had the distinct impression that Denver fans have more or less put this game in the win column already. Um, is that somewhat accurate yeah i would say that's definitely somewhat accurate uh i am coming across basically as like a boo bird because i am still very anxious about this matchup as to be honest with you as as giants fans would uh would tell you that 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 you probably should be to be honest with you i mean initially i will say this when you know you you look at the at the point spreads, the lines, whatever you want to call them. And, and obviously, you know, Las Vegas does these things weeks and weeks and months ahead of time. And when, when training camp opened and I saw that the Broncos were a two or three point favorite, I was like, uh, whoa, hold on here a second. How, how is that when, you know, Denver won five games last year, just like the giants only won six and, as training camp has kind of unfolded, and as I look at the Denver roster, I, I understand it a little bit. You know, I understand because Denver does have, you know, some real quality players, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And you've got weapons in Jerry Judy, and, and you know, you've got a couple of, of nice running backs and, and all of that. But but there's no way I put this game in the, in the guaranteed win column for Denver, right? My perspective is I think it's a very winnable game for the Giants. Not that I think they will win it, but I, I feel like it's a very winnable game, you know, for the Giants if they do, you know, if if a couple of things go their way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say definitely. And uh, it definitely doesn't help Denver's chances that it looks like Bradley Chubb will either miss the game or be limited by an ankle injury. Yeah, I was going to say his I guess he was limited in practice today. I guess that's an ankle injury that appears to be um a little bit more severe or a little bit more, you know, long-lasting or lingering than than was initially thought. Yeah. He so he had off-season surgery leading uh leading up to well through OTAs and then the Broncos ramped him up in training camp kind of getting him ready for the season. And then last week he, he played in the preseason finale. And then last week he missed some time with the ankle and Vic Fangio came out. I want to say it was yesterday. um, So Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, and said that uh, the ankle is bothering him more this week than it was last week. And obviously that's not a great sign. Uh, And again, like he hadn't practiced up until today. Uh, So the hope is obviously that the Broncos will have him ready to go but who knows how ready he'll be. Yeah. So, you know, the the giants, uh, the giants offensive tackles at this point can, can use some good news. So, so it's, it's fine with us if, if he's limited or doesn't play or can only play a few snaps. So it's, so that's fine. You know, we'll, we'll be, we'll be happy about, we'll be happy with that. But 
I have to ask, how nice is it for you guys to have Von Miller back this year? Oh man, it's huge. Uh, and, and I mean, there's a, there's a lot of kind of, I hope that he is 2019 Von Miller. Uh, I know the sack total doesn't necessarily paint the same picture that I believe, but if you go back and watch those games, Bradley Chubb got hurt after four games in that year. And so it was Von Miller. And then a lot of guys like undrafted free agent, rookie Malik Reed, uh, Shelby Harris, Derek Wolf, uh, Von Miller had more than double the pressures of any other member of the Broncos defense that season. And he finished, I want to say as the seventh uh, with the seventh most pressures by sports info solutions starting. Uh, and it's evident on tape. He was the Broncos pass rush that year. So getting him back would be huge. And if he's, even if he's not exactly the same player, I would say 85% of that player is still a pro bowl caliber edge rusher. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and right now the, uh, the, the giants offensive line is obviously a huge question mark. So, so it, it will be to say the least a huge test for the giants um, to see if they can be at least adequate, you know, in terms of giving Daniel Jones, you know, opportunities on Sunday. That for me is a huge key. You know, we talked about the Giants, this being a winnable game for the Giants. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about Denver's defense, but I look at the Giants and I think the Giants also come into this game and come into this season with a very good defense of their own. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, the key is, can the Giants give Daniel Jones an opportunity to use the playmakers that will be at his disposal? Um, you know, and, and, and if they can, they have a chance to win. If they can't, uh, you know, that, then it's going to be a long day in the Meadowlands with, uh, with, with Giants fans leaving early. Yeah. And, and those are kind of the, the, the Broncos missing Chubb kind of creates that opportunity because I believe that creating pressure on Daniel Jones is really the key to winning this game for the Broncos. Uh, and the fact that Saquon Barkley's back, and again, like the reports today were basically that he's 100%. I don't know necessarily how true that is. You'd probably have a better idea than me. But I personally kind of hope that Jason Garrett tries to protect Daniel Jones by running the ball too much. The Broncos defense, they base out of two high coverage structures. So they'll have two safeties back a lot and then they'll spin one of the safeties down. So they try to, they try by design, they try to bait defense or offenses into running the ball into what they think is optimal looks because the Broncos will play with a lighter box. Uh, but the safeties are very quick to trigger against the run. Um, and, and obviously like the data shows that running the ball is historically just not as efficient. So personally, I hope that works and they and Barkley carries the ball 30 something times. Uh, but I think to win the game, the Giants are going to have to pass. And to do that well, they're going to need to be able to protect Daniel Jones enough for him to move the ball. Well, when it comes to Saquon Barkley, I, I think this. I think that the Giants play on Sunday. I think that they play again on Thursday night against the Washington football team. I think that Saquon Barkley is going to play on Sunday, but I do not believe that Saquon Barkley is going to be anything near what you would consider to be a featured back. I would be really surprised if the plan going into Sunday doesn't look something like let's get him on the field for 20 snaps. Let's get him eight to 10 touches. Let's get him through the game healthy. 
you know, he he's taken some some thumps in practice, but he hasn't been tackled, you know, since he got carried off the field in Chicago, you know, almost a year ago now. So and with two games in five days, I don't expect the Giants to go and try to feed Saquon the ball 20, 25 times. I think that I think that the guy you're going to see a heavier dose of in the backfield is somebody that that Broncos fans know pretty well. And I and I need to ask you about and that's Devontae Booker. Yeah, I mean, I I hope so. Uh <laughs> I, and I, I always thought that Devontae Booker kind of got a bad rub from the Broncos just because he was in the backfield back when the Broncos offensive line was really in shambles. And I thought that he has a good skill set to be a good third down back. Um, he had some issues with fumbles back in 2018 that kind of hurt him, but he was an efficient runner in small doses. And I, it didn't surprise me to see that he looked okay with the Raiders last year. Yeah, the Giants seem to feel like he is a, a runner who's or a, a back who's capable of handling all three downs. Now, I don't know if that means handling all three downs as a number one back, but I think that they feel like he can he can do enough things to help them, you know, run their offense and be able to not have to limit their playbook, you know, simply because of, of the running back that they have in the game. So I mean, it's it sounds to me like you're saying that 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 Booker is maybe not a guy that you want to feature 25 times times a game. I mean, I, I personally hope basically any any back in the game. I hope they give him the ball too much, but I think he's a capable runner. Um, I think he's a better receiver, and I think he's a better pass blocker than he is a runner. Uh, just because I think his vision is closer to adequate than necessarily good. Um, so I don't think he's going to make something that isn't there happen. Uh, but if there's if there's lanes to run in, I think he can do it. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you about the guy calling the plays for your uh, for your Broncos. And that, of course, is former Giants head coach Pat Shermer. He's now in his second year calling plays for, for Denver. Um, what? What is the the reaction to Shermer? What is the feeling, you know, about about him and and the offense that he runs right now? Well, Broncos fans are pretty down on Shermer after last year. Uh, part of that, I think, and again, like part of that has to do probably with the quarterback situation. Part of that has to probably do with the fact that Cortland Sutton, the Broncos' number one receiver, only played thirty one snaps last year because of injury. Um, and part of that is also Shermer. Uh, the Broncos had, because of COVID, you guys probably had to deal with some of this stuff too. Because of COVID, there was no OTAs, there was no preseason. And the Broncos offense got off to a slow start and they they struggled for a big part of the year. And it was pretty ugly. Um, by the advanced stats, the Broncos had one of the three worst offenses in football last year. Um, so a lot of that does fall on Shermer. That said, I also think, inserting a new quarterback and I think getting Cortland Sutton back and another year for the young offense to kind of grow. I think the pieces are in place for people to be surprised by Shermer this year. Uh, but it's kind of, you know, wait and see. What's your take on Teddy Bridgewater? Is he more or less of a, what I would call a placeholder? Um, you know, he, there for a year or so, you know, until Denver dives back into uh, into the draft market and, you know, t- and uses another number one pick on a quarterback or, or is he a guy, 
that, that you really think can can grab this job and hold it for, you know, for four years or so? Well, I think he is probably, well, his contract runs out after this year. Um, but I do think that even if he is a journeyman, if he has been the player that we have seen for the last two years from Teddy Bridgewater, he would still be the best quarterback the Broncos have had since Peyton Manning retired. And I think part of that speaks to how bad the Broncos quarterback situation has been since Peyton Manning retired. But also, Teddy Bridgewater has been around a league average quarterback for those two seasons. I don't think he necessarily makes your <laughs> offense better. Um, but I think if you surround him with pieces, I think he's capable of putting the ball in the right hands and making the right decisions. Uh, and for the Broncos, if, if, they, if he does that this season – it would make a lot of sense to me for him to get re-signed to kind of serve as the veteran bridge for whatever they do next. If they're going after a rookie. All right. So I do a thing when I do the, uh, the five questions, I do a thing where I ask the, the opposing blogger, um, which player they would take off the giants roster. Now, when I asked Lori, this question, I left Saquon Barkley there. Simply because I usually take Saquon off the table because he's an obvious answer. Yeah. Okay. But I left him there because he's still coming off the injury and and all of that. Let me ask you, if we take Saquon off the table, what Giants player would you want on on Denver to put into Denver's lineup? I would love to have Leonard Williams. And I would, I think I'd take Leonard Williams even over Saquon Barkley. Uh, I also, I'm a big fan of Kenny Galladay. If he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be a good player. And I think you can, can't really have too many receivers. Uh, so either one of those two players, I think on the Broncos would be awesome. Um, Leonard Williams would elevate the interior defensive line in a way that he's a really, really good run stopper. He's big, but he's also a very capable pass rusher. Uh, and I just think that that would make everybody else's life easier on defense. And the flip side of that is, you know, what I've been doing lately is also taking the opponent's roster and saying, okay, which one player would I take off, you know, in this case, off Denver's roster and put in the Giants lineup? And I will be honest with you, I couldn't decide this week. When you look at Garrett Bowles, because of the Giants situation, you know, at the offensive tackle position, Garrett Bowles, Jerry Judy, because as you said, you can never have enough wide receivers. And despite the fact that, you know, maybe he had an up and down rookie year, he's got immense talent. Then you've got Bradley Chubb, you've got Patrick Sertain, and you've got Justin Simmons. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you, you know, you probably don't know the Giants roster, the Giants lineup the way that that, that I do and maybe that the Giants fans do. Let me ask you this. Take those five players. Which one hurts the Broncos the most if I take him? Oh, man, that's tough. Uh, I think the hardest player to replace for the Broncos would probably be a Probably Simmons, honestly, uh, which is weird just because the Broncos kind of have safety depth for the first time in a couple of years. They, they have five safeties on the roster this year. They have Kareem Jackson, they have Caden Stearns, they have PJ Locke, and then they have Jamar Johnson behind him. But I think Justin Simmons is the best safety in football. And Vic Fangio's defense asks more of his safeties than uh, most coordinators do. 
Uh, so I think losing the best safety in football would just fundamentally change how the Broncos defense works. It's an interesting debate. And, and my post on this runs on Friday morning on big blue view. And it's interesting because I think out of that group, Simmons is the best player, Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. When I look at the New York giants, I happen to think that already safety happens to be the best position on their roster to begin with. Now, Logan Ryan, Xavier McKinney, and Jabril Peppers, none of those three players are as good individually as Justin Simmons. And yet they comprise what I think is the best, the best unit, you know, in on the on the Giants team. So I don't know if Simmons makes sense. For me, for me, it, I almost have to pick bowls simply because of the situation that the Giants are in. Because you plug in a I don't he I don't want to call him a star left tackle because you know we're talking about a guy who struggled initially and has gotten some steadily better and is coming off a tremendous season. But to me, you know, he immediately solves a problem for the Giants. So I guess, I, I mean, am I crazy to take bowls? <laughs> no, I don't think so at all. And, it, and, it, and to your point, I do think it would hurt the Broncos offense a lot because he's also probably their best offensive lineman. Uh, I just, I think Calvin Anderson, for the Broncos perspective, I think Calvin Anderson would step in and be at least capable. Um, probably below average, but I think he'd be okay. Uh, but no, I think he would help your guy, like your team quite a bit. And what he would also do is he would create a situation where either Andrew Thomas or Nate Solder start instead of having both of them start. And because of that, you'd be able to slide protections away from bulls and leave him isolated. And that would make the other tackle look better too, just because you'd be able to give him more help. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting thing because on that list of five players, I don't think bulls is the, is the best player. I do happen to think that, that, if you slid him into the Giants lineup, just the way that the way that the Giants are structured right now, he's he's the one that immediately solves a problem. So that's that to me, that's probably the way I would go. And I'd get yelled at by Giants fans for not taking Simmons. <laughs> well, I won't yell at you because I'd be happy to keep him. <laughs> well, you know, maybe you know, maybe I can maybe I can trade you just a you know a bucket of footballs or something. And you know, for, for Simmons and uh, and Bulls, bucket of footballs and and NBA style, I'll give you like a twenty twenty nine second round pick or something. I figure, <laughs> I figure the bucket of footballs, the pick, and then maybe a New York pizza, and I, I think I might consider it. Now we could do that. We can definitely do that. So, um, last thing for you, really. Um, you know, we we started the show talking about how you know Denver fans are, you know have already kind of put this in the win column and how do you see this game playing out? If, if Denver's going to win it, I think, you know, you've kind of answered this already, but if Denver's going to win it, you know, what, what are they going to have to do? And the flip side of that is if the giants are going to win it, um, you know, how are they going to have to attack the Broncos? So for the Broncos to win it, I think what they need to do is just harass Daniel Jones into making mistakes. And I think on offense, they just have to not shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, I think 
Teddy Bridgewater can do that, but Teddy Bridgewater has thrown picks. It's not, it's not like he doesn't. So I do think he has to play within himself, kind of limit the mistakes and just kind of take what's there. Um, and then just let the defense kind of carry the day. Um, and so on the opposite side of that for the giants to win, I think basically they have to force mistakes from Bridgewater. And then I think they also have to be able to protect Daniel Jones enough that they can stay on schedule and, and get points when those opportunities arise. Um, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to ask you one thing I, w- I did want to ask you about that. I had forgotten to, to mention special teams. Yeah. Is there, the giants have, have spent an inordinate amount of time building what they hope is going to be a real quality special teams group. They're keeping two fullbacks on this roster, not because they want to use them both on offense, but because Colin Gillespie, who played for the Texans before coming to the Giants, is the second fullback, and he's a tremendous special teams player. Eli Penny, who's the other fullback, is a really good special teams player. They have a couple of other guys who are on the roster Nate Ebner and Keon Crossan, who are who are technically defensive backs, but are really, you know, full-time special teamers and sort of disaster defensive backs, if you will. Um, and I think you're going to see a heavy dose of Kadarius Tony on special teams as well, if he's if he's healthy enough to to do it. Um, I think the Giants have gone all in to try and build a difference-making special teams group. So the question is for, for the Giants, is the Denver special teams group, you know, one that, that might be a weakness or one that could be taken advantage of? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I honestly was surprised that the Broncos kept Tom McMahon going into the season, just because since he's been hired, the Broncos special teams has been abysmal. Uh, And they haven't really improved over the last three seasons with him in charge of it. Uh, And throughout the preseason, Vic Fangio, the Broncos head coach, actually made multiple comments basically about issues with the coverage units. So I could definitely see special teams working in the Giants' favor in this game. And I think that's one of those things that a lot of Broncos fans are sleeping on is the fact that Kadarius Toney is a game breaker. Uh, If the Broncos coverage units don't do their job, they could give up a big return and all of a sudden they're down. Um, so I definitely I'm, I'm nervous about it. Well, at least uh, you, you might be nervous about that. And I think a lot of Giants fans are nervous for Daniel Jones health. So. <laughs> so, hey, Joe, I really appreciate it. Uh, um, why don't you uh, let folks know, um, you know, where they can find Mile High Report, where they can find your work on Twitter and, and, and all that good stuff. Definitely. Uh, so I am on Twitter at Joro underscore NFL. Uh, I have my podcast. It's called cover Two Broncos. Um, it is Broncos focused, but I do talk about the NFL at large as well. Uh, and then I write over at mile high report. All right, Joe, thank you very, very much. And, uh, we'll see how, how Sunday goes. Good luck to you. Yeah, you too. Hopefully everybody stays healthy. That, that would help, especially with a game coming on Thursday. Yeah. So, all right. Thank take you again care. for having me. Yeah, all right. Take course. care. Bye-bye. And that's our show for today, Giants fans. Thank you, as always, for listening. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Also, follow at Big Blue View on Twitter. Check out Big Blue View on YouTube. Check out our newly relaunched Instagram page. Check us out on Facebook. 
And please join the community at BigBlueView.com if you haven't done so already so that you can comment and discuss your uh, favorite team with other Giants fans. Please also you know, check out all of our coverage of Giants Broncos. We've got a, a full week of coverage so far. Analysis, previews, breakdowns, videos, all kinds of uh, all kinds of things for you, and we'll continue to have that right up through the game and right into Monday as we break down uh, what happens in Sunday's game. So please, you know, check out all of that uh, as we try to give you the best possible Giants coverage that we can. All right, Giants fans, please remember. Stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.